Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Inspired Lady Podcast. I'm Belle Grubb and I'm your host. I am so excited for today's episode. It's going to be really, really good. We are talking all things Bible studies, tips, tricks, methods, all the things. And I feel like this is just going to be such a great tool for you. I went to college as a biblical studies major and picked up so many amazing tools while I was there on how to get deeper into the word. And I feel like it can be such a overwhelming task to try to read the Bible and then understand what you're reading. So I'm ready to equip you with just as many tools as I could possibly can. And this is going to be really, really helpful. Studying the Bible is essential to our relationship with Jesus, to our relationship with other people, and ultimately just who we are in general. So this is going to be a very practical episode. We're going to get into the nitty gritty details of what it looks like to study the Bible, how you can study it better, and then really practical tools that you can use in every single Bible study. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so to start the podcast off, obviously, what coffee are we drinking today? Today we have a cold brew with a little bit of brown sugar creamer from Trader Joe's. It's the best iced fall coffee drink for me. I love a good pumpkin drink, but really when it comes down to it, that brown sugar creamer is just iconic to me. So now that that is out of the way, Let's really dive into the Bible study. How do we study the Bible? All of those things. Lots of people ask me this question. Again, probably because I am a biblical studies major. That is what I have a degree in. But also, I like to talk about this a lot. So we're just going to dive right in and get to chatting about what my Bible study looks like, okay? I think that this is a good breakdown. Just so you guys can have a little peek into not at all what it should look like. There are so many ways that you can study the Bible, so many ways to spend time with God that you don't need it to look like this. But I also think it is good to know what another person's routine looks like because you can take bits and pieces of what you like, what you don't like, and really make it your own. So my personal study has three parts. Worship, study, prayer. Okay. And I prefer to do this in the morning, ideally, mostly because I feel like it sets the tone for my day and I am way more relaxed throughout the rest of the day. If I have my Bible study in the morning, I am a very like tension filled person. So if I don't have my Bible study in the morning, I tend to find that my day is full of a lot more tension, anxiety, and overall like fear versus when I'm just in the word, it just helps. It helps set that tone. So I try to have my Bible study in the morning. Sometimes I'll do it outside. Sometimes I'll just chill inside my big comfy chair. Either way, it works. I love a good worship song to start it off just because I feel like worship is such a great way to get your heart in the posture it needs to be to really have your heart receive whatever you're going to read. Because I focus a lot on is my brain understanding, but ultimately is my heart receiving the word. Okay. So I think starting off with worship is really powerful. Worship can look like a couple of different things. First of all, it doesn't need to be a worship song. If I am outside and my neighbors are around, I live in an apartment complex. I don't really necessarily want to be blasting worship. So I'll just sit there for a few minutes and tell God 
why I think he's just the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> like I will sit there and I'll just praise his name for a few minutes, thank him for things that he's given me and worship him and really prepare my heart to understand that I'm not having a Bible study and check it off my to-do list. I'm not having a Bible study so I can even know more about the Bible when people ask me questions. I'm literally studying the Bible because I want to better my relationship and grow closer to God. Okay. So getting your heart into that posture, if I am doing worship music, I love the playlist on Spotify. It's called Love Coffee, Love Jesus. It is so chill, so relaxed. Sometimes I'll leave this song on actually through my Bible study or not song, the playlist because it's just so chill. It's like being in a coffee house, but Jesus themed. I love it. Um, I also will sometimes, if I feel like I need a little pick-me-up, will literally turn on like worship, worship music. I'm talking Maverick City, Hillsong, all of those amazing, amazing artists that really can just get you into the moment and really make you feel a little bit more than I probably was when I woke up and was groggy and not really wanting to sit down and spend my time in a study when I feel like there's a million things to get done. So that is a really key aspect for me is starting off with worship. Okay, so now let's get into the study aspect of my time with God, okay? This is when I'm studying the Bible. The most common question that I get is what kind of Bible should I use? I feel like a lot of people wrestle with that. I definitely have. And if you are just starting your journey into studying the Bible or are just listening kind of out of curiosity, don't really know, let me explain something to you. So the Bible is written thousands of years ago, and the Old Testament is written in mostly Hebrew and a little bit of Aramaic, okay? And then the New Testament, that's everything that was written after Jesus, that's written in Greek, Okay, so Old Testament is before Jesus, Hebrew and Aramaic. New Testament is post-Jesus, and it is in Greek. Okay, so now that we have that covered, to understand the Bible in our modern languages, which for me is English, we have to read translations. Now, the same way that English for Shakespeare looks a lot different than English for Gen Z Hebrew and Greek languages, they all have little nuances. There's phrases. An example of this is in Daniel in the Old Testament. There's a line that says, and he was cut to pieces by the crowd. Now cut to pieces. We're like, oh my gosh, like he was just chopped up because we are going to read that literally. But what we need to understand context wise is that that phrase is actually a way of saying that the crowd was very mocking, sarcastic with him, just brutal in their words. His, their words were cutting him up. So there's little nuances like that, right? The Bible's full of them because when the writers were writing, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write the words, but ultimately they were writing to their target audience, which was not Gen Z, millennial, or whatever other generation is listening to this very podcast. So we have to understand the Bible through translations. Now, within translations, there's two main types. There's the literal translation, which is like word for word. But then there is a little bit more of the paraphrasing translation. And that is where it will take the entire phrase and kind of give it to the context 
that we would need it. So you have these two different types of translations and they both have a very valid place in our world. I am not the type of person that's like live for one translation of the Bible. I think that there are so many valuable aspects to looking at multiple translations when you're in your study. So with that being said, I use ESV, okay? ESV, that is what I use for my translation when I'm doing my the majority of my studies. I feel like that one has a very dynamic equivalence to it where it is a little bit more literal. It will give you a little bit more word for word, but it also gets the main point across really well. An extreme example of paraphrasing would be something like the message. The message is written as a translation for younger generations. So it is very easy to digest, but a lot of people complain about it because they say that it misses so many of the beautiful pieces that is in the Bible's originality, okay? So there's this like tension there, but you know what? Tension's good because you need a little bit of it all. If you can't understand a certain passage, it's good to go look at the message and be like, oh, that rewording of it, that makes a little bit more sense. And then go back to whatever your main Bible study is. So a few more that I definitely suggest would be NLT, NASB, and CSB, okay? So if you're feeling confused, if you're new to this, it's okay. Deep breath. I suggest ESV, okay? That's what I use. I love it. It's great. So now that you know a little bit more about what Bible I'm using, what happens when I open it? <laughs> so this is where I feel like it gets even crazier. Some people open up the Bible and will flip to a random page and say like, oh, you know, God is telling me to go to this passage. And you know, that's cool. If that if he is speaking to you through that way, I think it's a little unstructured for me and I like a little bit more structure. So I will pick a chapter. If you're just now starting out, I love Romans. It's a little bit longer. So if you're looking for something shorter, Galatians is one of my absolute favorite to read through. I love Galatians. Okay. All this is in the New Testament. And I will do something called rake and dig. This is a method that I think is just so impactful and can really change the way that you study the Bible, okay? Raking and digging. This can be done on a day-to-day -day basis, so you can rake and dig in one day, or it can be more weekly. Get the main big picture. So whether you choose to do the digging that day or the following days after the rake, digging is where you're going to break it down into bite-sized chunks either verse by verse or a very small passage, okay? And a passage is just a couple of verses put together. And you're going to dig into that, like super, super deep, okay? You're going to examine exactly what it's saying. So for me, what examining looks like when the digging phase is I get super granular when I start highlighting, okay? So during the rake, I will, you know, circle a couple words that stand out, maybe underline some themes, put a little post-it note on the side of what I think before I'm doing the digging, what I think the passage is saying, okay? But when I'm digging, I have midliners, okay? I use midliners. All of these things will be linked in my Amazon storefront under Bible study tools if you're interested, but literally any highlighter will do. 
I color code my midliners. Okay. This is going to sound so crazy. I understand, but just bear with me. I have a literal color coding key in the front of my Bible. And I use this to color code what I'm talking about in the Bible. So for example, the color pink represents to me God's love on the midliner. So anytime we're talking about something that I think explains God's love for humanity or is even addressing that slightly, like for John 3, 16, I would highlight for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So like I know that we are talking in depth about God's love. We are explaining that because he loved us, Jesus came. So I'm going to highlight that in pink, okay? And that means whenever I see pink on the page, I know we are discussing God's love. And this will really help. So then purple is sin. Anytime sin is mentioned, I highlight it in purple. So that way I can see, okay, God doesn't like when this happens. Like we're hurting ourselves. We're hurting each other when this happens. And God sees that. He sees the hurt it causes and thus it's wrong. And that's all sin is. Sin is something that is wrong because it either hurts you or hurts someone around you. And God is just trying to protect you from that. All of these different things will be highlighted in different colors. I am actually going to post a color-coded key on the Inspired Lady Show Instagram, just at Inspired Lady Show. And you can have a color-coded key example, or you can use this as your exact one. I use midliners, so I use the midliner colors. But like I said, this is so customizable, okay? And you're going to go through and highlight basically every single sentence with something because every sentence is giving some sort of either command, context clue, or explaining something. And then once you've broken down what exactly you're looking at, are you looking at commands? Are you looking at a list of things that you should or shouldn't be doing? Are you looking at an explanation of who God is? Now we get into, okay, you know what you're reading, but what are you reading on the deeper level? Like, what does it mean? This is where commentaries are so good. So if you haven't heard of commentaries before, basically theologians or academic scholars, sometimes pastors, will write commentaries on subjects or certain verses, chapters, books of the Bible, whatever. And they are in-depth studies of what exactly you're reading. There's commentaries on words, different ideas, different systematic theologies, all of these big, big things. And you can break them down in commentaries. So if you have a question, instead of whipping out Google and not really knowing who your source is, you can go to a peer-reviewed commentary, which means other people have looked at it, checked it out, and said, yes, this is great, or no, not so great. A great resource for this is Blue Letter Bible, okay? I have the Blue Letter Bible app. I suggest you get it too. I have it on my computers. I have it everywhere I can possibly get it. Here's why. You can look at multiple translations at one time, including the actual Greek and Hebrew. It will show you what it looks like in Greek and Hebrew, and then it'll show you what the word is that you're looking at or the sentence you're looking at in Greek and Hebrew as an actual just plain translation. No context, just the translation. 
And then, like I said, that's on Blue Letter Bible. It is so powerful, so good. I could not suggest it more to you, okay? So the next part of that then is that I will have a journal next to me that's open. So I have my study Bible. I either have my phone or my laptop, my midliners, and then I have a journal open. And the journal will have the date and then the passage that we're looking at, whether it was a rake or dig day or both. And I will write down exactly what I'm learning because Unless you have the biggest Bible I've ever seen, usually there's not enough room on those little notes on the side of the Bible or even on the bottom page to really get into what you want to for what you're learning, to really write down all of what you're gaining from the passage. So have a journal open and just the date and whatever passage you're looking at. And write down the Greek words that stand out. Write down the themes. Write down anything that was like, oh my gosh, aha. I called it aha moment. You're like, that makes so much sense. That connects. And more importantly than any of that, write down your questions. Because if you're studying the Bible at this level and you're not asking questions, I'm not sure you're really learning all that you could be really dig deep and don't be afraid of your questions. Okay. Let me tell you, God is so big and so amazing that your questions of why would God allow this? Or why does he say this? That's all okay. Because the more you dive into those questions, the more you're going to learn about him. Do not be afraid of your questions, okay? I think sometimes we are put in a place of fear because we aren't sure if God can hold up to our questions. Let me tell you, if your faith is at a point where you're not sure if God can hold up to your questions, you need to ask those more than ever, okay? He is not going to be mad if you sit there and go, now why would he have done that? And guess what? I can guarantee you someone else has asked that question and there is a book, a commentary, a journal, something on there that gives a little bit more insight to that question, okay? So don't be afraid of your questions. Dive into them. Be intentional about them. Really try to understand them. Do not shy away, okay? And having those questions in your journal, that's going to be super helpful. So now... If you're reading and you're like, okay, I don't really understand how to highlight the breakdown. So like I understand, okay, sin goes in purple and love goes in pink and context goes in yellow, but I don't really, I'm still not grasping it. Here are a few topical questions that you can ask yourself in your journal to really try to get to the the root of what you're reading, okay? Who wrote it? That plays a big key in it, okay? Who is the human writer, okay? Are we talking about Paul? Maybe Moses? David? One of the disciples? Who wrote this, okay? Who was it written for? So many of the New Testament books of the Bible are letters written to specific churches going through specific circumstances within their church, okay? So, 
understanding the context of who the target audience is, is going to help you identify what you can take from it and apply to your own life. So again, that kind of goes into the question of what are they addressing in this letter? What was the circumstance around? Now, some Bibles will have a little blurb at the top and explain, okay, the writer of this book is this person. And some books, we don't know who the writer is. So we think it's this person, but we don't know. This is the target audience. And this was the issue they were addressing. Great. But if your Bible doesn't have that, that's okay, because that same blue letter Bible, you can also look up these things and a peer-reviewed journal. There's so many places. Just be really cautious of where you're getting your resources from. And if this is something you're interested in, feel free to DM the Inspired Lady Show. We can talk a little bit more about those resources on how to find the best ones. But otherwise, this episode will be way too long. So anyways, another question you can ask yourself is, what is the main idea being communicated? What is the theme, not just of the book that the book of the Bible that I'm reading, not just of the chapter, but really what's the theme of this verse? And then we get into application. So why do we study the Bible? If it's written to someone else thousands of years ago. Hmm, it's a really good question. And again, we don't shy away from questions here. First of all, we study the Bible so we can get a better understanding of who God is. I want to make it very clear that we will never understand the full of God because God is all powerful. He is all, I'm going to call it all smart just to keep it like chill. Like he knows everything. Okay. And he is literally so above what we can think of. When we think of our brains, we think we're pretty cool as humans. We have this ability to think for ourselves, this mind that we were given by God. But within that mind, it's still finite. We still can't understand everything. And so since we can't understand everything, how could we expect to fully understand our creator? And I'll be honest, I'm not sure I would want to fully understand my creator. Because if I had the capacity to know everything God did, what makes me different than God? We also study the Bible So that way we can know how to better live our lives. In order to understand how we should best live our lives and ultimately be modeling ourselves after the life of Christ, we have to study the life of Christ. We have to study the Bible and see what God calls us to, okay? Application aspect. We have to be careful because, again, we're reading someone else's mail, right? The Bible was not written to us, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit is still active and moving today. So God is still changing lives through his word today. It is through that power that God is able to then take things that were written to other people thousands of years ago and say, look at what you can learn here. And that's beautiful. That's an amazing way that we can see the Holy Spirit literally moving today. So the application is not so much, okay, God's telling me, this from this verse, but really sitting there and saying, Lord, show me what you need me to see in this verse. How does this apply to my life? And I think that that is such a cool way to apply what you're learning and not just move past it. Okay, so now we're on to the last phase of the Bible study, um, and that's prayer. So remember, we start with worship, then we move to study, and then we go to prayer. Um, Prayer is literally taking time to 
pour your heart out to your creator, okay? Prayer is sitting there and saying, Lord, thank you. I praise you. And then confessing things that are weighing on you, getting that off your chest, like free therapy, okay? Literally, there is proven scientific fact that speaking things that are weighing on you that you feel you've done wrong or that others have done wrong to you and putting them out away from yourself is healthy. And that's what prayer is. That's what confession is, is you're just releasing that burden off of your shoulders and saying, Lord, take it because I'm already forgiven. So please just take it from me. I confess it to you. I get it off of my shoulders. And then you can go into requests of Lord, you know, this is what is happening in my life and this is what I need guidance on. This is what this person needs help with. This is the healing we need to see, the miracle we need. And then really just understanding that God can also speak to you. So prayer is really cool because you're speaking to God, but sitting and meditating for a few minutes and just being in the moment, thinking over the scripture that you have just read and allowing it to really soak into you. We are in a world where I think we just are constantly moving to the next phase and we're not really good at just sitting This is something I struggle with a ton. And this is where I say meditation is really good. A lot of people will say meditation is bad. And this is a whole nother episode. Like we are going to dive into meditation practices. We have a really cool guest coming on that's talking about this. And I'm so excited for it. But ultimately, to sit and be and focus on the scripture that you just read, the prayers that you were just praying, and soaking it in, just being for a few minutes quiet in your own space and allowing the Holy Spirit to move through you and show you something new that you hadn't seen in your study or even answer a prayer or something that you weren't expecting, giving God the platform to work in your life. So meditation is not trying to become one with your surroundings or to, you know, understand yourself at a higher level. Meditation is not inward focused. And that's where the difference is between Christian meditation and Eastern practice meditation, which is the word that we often think of. When we think of meditation, we think of sitting, crisscross applesauce, listening to different like soft music and really just being and trying to find our inner self, trying to come one with our inner self and really focusing on us. Christian meditation is outward focused. It's focused on the Lord and what he's teaching and what he's trying to get across to you, listening to his voice and also just resonating in the fact that you are created by a God who loves you and sitting in that for a while and When I say meditate, like I'm not talking like 45 minutes. It's hard for me to meditate for literally five minutes. So I say start your goal, set a timer on your phone for two minutes, two minutes and sit, pray, be, listen. It's not a sin to meditate, okay? Now, another thing that I do for prayers then is I have a prayer journal And the prayer journal is so cool. And here's why. I write down 
prayers in it. And every time I pray for something within that journal, I circle it. Okay. So for example, my husband was at army camp and I was praying for safety. So every time I prayed for his safety and that he would come home safe and be good and you know, whatever, I circled the prayer and I circled it and he was gone at camp for 30 days. So there was about 30 circles on it. And then I came back and wrote on the bottom and said, answered prayer. He is safe. He was able to talk about his faith with other people at army camp and he had, you know, as much fun as one could expect from army camp (laughs) and wrote down how that prayer was answered. And then I got to look back and see how many times I had prayed over that prayer. So this is, I have long-term prayers in there. I have prayers for my future children. I have prayers for my brother's future wife. I have prayers for all my family members in tangible ways. And then every time God answers a prayer, I go through and write down how God answered the prayer and then cross off the prayer. Okay. So this journal obviously can get very full. And I think that this is such a great way to practice gratitude because as you're flipping through, as this journal gets larger and larger and larger, you're seeing all these answered prayers. You're also seeing prayers that are unanswered that you're reminded to unburden yourself with again and say, God, you know what? I probably would have stressed out about the fact that we are going to have to move next year to Arizona. And I'm scared about that. So you know what? I'm lifting that up and I am just getting it off of my chest right here, right now, so I can start my day and be reminded of your goodness and that I don't need to focus on this craziness. Okay. So It is really cool. So again, break down. You have a journal. You write down prayer requests, tangible prayer requests that you're praying over. And every time you pray over it, you circle it. Circle the prayer. So these are short little prayers. You're not writing out full pages. They're just the basic thesis of what what you're trying to pray, okay? You circle it. And then when God answers that prayer, you just write on the bottom how he answered it. I put the date that I felt it was officially answered, if I can. And then I just add, I add and add and add to that journal. And this is such a cool, unique way to pray. I love it. I also think that writing out prayers, full pages of prayers, that's really powerful. It's very similar to journaling. I think journaling with the intention of praying to God gives it a little bit more meaning, gives you that closeness to your creator that is just beautiful. So if you journal already, I suggest kind of flipping that that script a little bit and really allowing yourself to journal with the intention of it being a prayer to God. Just speaking your prayers gives it so much power, okay? I think that when we are praying, a really cool way to pray if you are in the privacy of your own home or you know what, if you're not, you go for it. To just speak your prayers out is so beautiful because it just gives your words a little bit more weight, I feel like. I feel like when you're saying your prayers, one, it's easier to focus. I get like off on tangents if I'm writing prayers or even if I'm just thinking prayers. I'll be like, Lord, help me with this. Oh, you know what? I got to do this. And then and then like honestly, sometimes my written prayers become to-do lists because that's just the way my brain thinks. And I don't know. I just feel like that's powerful. I feel like it's cool. All of this being said, you start your Bible study with worship study the word, and then pray slash meditate. Now, if everything I said to you was the most overwhelming thing you've ever heard in your life and you are exhausted right now and you are scared to death to start any of this because I said there is so much in this episode, it's going to overwhelm you. 
First of all, breathe easy. It's not meant to be overwhelming. It really isn't. The main point of studying the Bible is to better understand your relationship with God, okay? To grow closer with him. And also, this is where I'm going to plug Daily Grace. I love them so much. Daily Grace is so amazing. They do Bible studies. If you are feeling like you want to understand the context of the Bible a little bit better, but you don't have the capacity to do these studies, or you are too new to your faith where you feel like, you know what, I need a better grasp of what's going on before I am able to do this fully for myself, Daily Grace studies are amazing. I am working through the Nehemiah study right now, and at the beginning of the book, it breaks down everything that's happening in the book of Nehemiah, the context, the dates, the writer, the audience, the themes, all of it. And then it breaks it into chunks for reading and then what you just read and how you can apply it to your own life and then ask some follow-up questions that you can journal on. They're fantastic. You can do this on books of the Bible, which I highly recommend, or themes. I know I've talked about this before. I went through the anxiety one recently. It was so amazing. So, so good. They have Fruits of the Spirit one. They also have him and her one. So if you want to get your significant other, your partner, your bestie, whatever involved in this, you totally can. Daily Grace really does help clean up all of the murk, <laughs> I'm going to call it, that can be surrounding the Bible study while still giving you the tools if you're not feeling prepared to do this by yourself. However, this podcast gives you so many amazing methods and ways to handle this by yourself. It is here for you. So whether or not you do Daily Grace, if you do, they run $5 sales. Like, honestly, I swear, they're like weekly. So wait until they're on sale for $5, all the studies, get yourself one just to start, get yourself 20 to start. I don't really care. Or get yourself a good Bible translation. Like I said, I laid out a few for you. And download the free Blue Letter Bible app and really lean into doing this for yourself. As I said, on Instagram, I will post a color-coded key. It'll be all cute. Don't worry. You will be able to then use this as a resource for yourself. How exciting. And not have to stress about making that, okay? But you can adapt it to whatever you want to look like. I hope that this episode has been so enlightening for you, refreshing, and given you a little bit more motivation and inspiration to start studying the Bible and to do it well. That is ultimately what we want to do is inspire you to live your best life and to do it well. And studying the Bible is a big, big portion of that. So thank you for joining us for this episode. I will see you all next week for another amazing topic and let me know if you have any questions. You can DM at Inspired Lady Show, email us, do whatever you need to if you have any follow-up questions about how to study the Bible better. Thanks, guys.